Good morning. Good to see everyone out this morning. We're going to continue our study that we've been working on the foundations of faith and the fundamentals. I guess as you probably noticed, we have gotten away from the original, which was the history, kind of where we came from, how we got to this point. And then the last few weeks, we've been working toward another topic in the book. Um, it's more of really the church itself, the teachings of the church, where we came from in that area. But we're kind of away from history, and we're looking now more on what the church teachings are. Uh, and in line with that this morning, I hope that everyone is wide awake. We're going to need lots of discussion this morning because we're going to walk into an area that many fear to tread in. We're going to discuss the Holy Spirit this morning. And so we're going to see what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit and uh, try to bring that to everyday life for Christians. But also I'm going to need your help on this. So when you come up with thoughts, discussion ideas, please speak those. And we'll discuss those. As we talked about before, Bible class is really not a sermon. It's not a lecture. Bible class is a discussion. This is the time that we learn from each other. Not a time we learn from one person. And so as we go through this, let's bring ideas forth and let's discuss. I've only got four pages. I've got to make it last 45 minutes. So, so we often focus our attention on the life and work of Jesus as Christians. And really that's appropriate for us, right? We easily relate to the one who became flesh and dwelt among us. It tells us in John 1 and 14. And because he endured the difficulties associated with living as human, Christ is able to empathize with us. When we look at Hebrews 2 and 18, it says, Because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. We feel a kinship with Jesus on a physical level. To us, Jesus is not mysterious, right? Jesus was real. We can think about Christ because Christ came and he lived a life like we live. And we understand that. We understand the day-to-day happenings that go in life. And we understand the temptations. We understand the trials that we go through. And so we can understand those that he went through somewhat. So that's only natural for us. But in contrast to Jesus, some Christians perceive the Holy Spirit to be much less tangible, I guess is a way to put it. Harder to understand, more mysterious, more difficult. So we may feel that way because little is known about the Spirit, but really when we look in the Scriptures, the opposite is true. The Scriptures do not tell us everything about the Spirit, but the Scriptures do tell us a lot. So that's what we want to look at today. The scripture attributes qualities to the Holy Spirit that belong only to a deity. We see that in Hebrews 9 and 14. And it emphasizes the Spirit's role in conveying God's inspired message to humanity. We look at 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. It tells us, Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> 
When we look at the Bible, we think of the Holy Scriptures, we think of the inspired Word of God. How that got to us was through the Holy Spirit. When the Bible talks about being God-breathed, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what imparted to us the message that we need to know. Spoke to the apostles and had the apostles record these things. Brought all things under remembrance. So that we would have what we needed. In essence, he is really the one, I guess, that instructs us in this time frame, in a way. Because the words that we read in the Bible are the words that came from the Holy Spirit to the apostles. We had a time in the beginning in patriarchal age where the Father spoke directly to the patriarchs. And spoke to the apostles, I mean to the prophets. And then at the beginning of the New Testament, we see a time in our history when Christ spoke directly to humanity. And now we're in a time where the Holy Spirit speaks to humanity through the scripture. So is it very important in the idea of the Holy Spirit getting across to us the will of God and what we should do. It tells us here that the prophecy of Scripture is not open to private interpretation. I cannot sit down and read a verse and interpret it one way, and then you sit down and read the same verse and interpret it a totally opposite way, and we both be correct. Right? It's not open to private interpretation. I'm not free to interpret it the way that I want to interpret it. My job as a Christian is to find the way that God wanted it interpreted. And we do that by study. The Bible, the Bible harmonizes with itself. So we can't go and pick verses out and just use those single verses. We have to learn how to harmonize the Bible. What that verse means in its context. And what that verse means with the entirety of the Bible. We can't do things on our own. It says that men were spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Things were brought to us from God through the Holy Spirit. The Spirit's work on behalf of the Christian is presented in detail. Among other things, the Holy Spirit does these things that, we're, that we have identified. When we look at 1 Corinthians 2, verses 10 through 13, the Holy Spirit reveals the mind of God. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things that were freely given to us. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. Talks about here the <clears throat> one of the works of the Holy Spirit is that we might understand the things that were freely given to us. So the Holy Spirit is helping us to understand these things. We read the Bible and oftentimes we get to certain passages that we feel are complex, that are difficult, hard to understand. But as we've talked before, in reality the Bible is not written in a complex manner. We have to remember at the time that it was written, it was written for those people who were unlearned. It wasn't written for the scribes or the Pharisees. It was written for the common everyday people. And by studying the Bible, we begin to 
see how these verses play together and how we should understand those and desires that God has for us. If you're discussing the Bible with someone and you're going over a certain topic or a certain passage and they begin a long, drawn-out process that just goes round and round and round, you can be pretty sure they're not giving you what the Bible says. The Bible is not complex. If it takes me an hour to explain to you one simple fact of the Bible, I'm probably going to not do it correctly. It shouldn't take that long. The Bible is very straightforward. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. You can't get much simpler than that. And it takes a lot of work to convolute that, to not show that meaning. Next, Holy Spirit serves as our guarantee. In 2 Corinthians 1 and 22 it says, And who has also put his seal on us and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. When we look at that word guarantee, in the original language, what we would interpret today is a down payment. God has given us his spirit as a down payment for what is going to come to the faithful Christian. Ephesians 1.13 says that he seals us. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. When he talks about the seal here, it's similar to what you would think of, I guess, in um, authority and royalty used to, to stamp with a signet for security or pres- preservation. So we have been stamped for our security and for our preservation with the Father through the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 3.16 says that he strengthens us. He may grant you to be strengthened or fortified with power through his spirit. So this is what helps us in our daily lives. This is what gets us through those times of trials and temptation. The words of the Holy Spirit, the things that were given to us and spoken to us. We understand that there are going to be trials, there are going to be temptations, but we also understand there's going to be a better day. No matter how bad our time, our day, our week, our month is, if we're faithful Christians, there's going to be a better day. And we have to keep our sight on that. That's a problem with a lot of the world today. They have lost their view of God and their understanding of the Bible. And when things get extremely difficult, they don't see any way out. They don't see that better day. But we as Christians, we know it's there. We know that if we stand in the scriptures and we continue with our Christian life, then there are going to be better times. And then 1 Corinthians 6 and 19 says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? Whom you have from God, you are not your own. Talking about the Spirit dwelling in us, our body being a temple for Christ, I mean for the Spirit. Through the Word, the Spirit dwells in us. Once we obey the Gospel, we freely give ourselves over to Christ. Life is no longer just about what pleases us, but what pleases Christ. Oftentimes, I'm afraid these days, we miss that a lot. The idea of the conversion. 
I mean, it's called a conversion for a reason, right? It's a change. You're converted. You're changed. But a lot of times what we misunderstand is the fact that when we make that conversion, when we speak those words of our belief and we're baptized, we have totally given our life over to Christ. Just as he gave his life for us on the cross, we now give our life to him. So it's no longer about what we want. It's about what Christ wants. It's not saying that we can't be happy. A lot of people take it to extremes and they feel like that serving Christ means that they can never be happy. They can never do things that they enjoy. And that's not what the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us that we're here for God gives us an abundant life. So it's not about that. But if we believe in Christ, and we believe in the scriptures, and we want to do what's right, then by doing that, we're going to be happy. If that's where we have set our heart, and those are those things that we're doing, we can't help but be happy. Any uncertainty arises because we fail to understand exactly how all these things are accomplished. When we study the Holy Spirit, we must focus upon the spiritual rather than the physical. For many of us, this is unfamiliar territory, but our lack of understanding does not negate the truth that the Holy Spirit, of the Holy Spirit's work for the Christian. The text that we have in our lesson today reveal a close connection between the Christian and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not some distant, unknowable influence. He's rather a member of the Godhead who is concerned with our spiritual welfare. We look at Romans 8.14. It says, For as many are as led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. We're led by the Spirit. This does not imply that the Spirit works upon us in a miraculous manner, and it does not imply that the Spirit impedes our free will. The Spirit can lead us through the words of the Scriptures if we allow Him to. But we're not robots. We can fall away if we do not follow the scriptures and we do not have those desires in our hearts. So it doesn't impede the free will that we have. When we talk about the Holy Spirit, oftentimes we hear the term gift of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So many misunderstand the gift of the Holy Spirit. We are often caught up in those abilities that are spoken of in 1 Corinthians 12. And it talks about wisdom and knowledge and faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, or tongues. And there's many in the denominational world who are hung up on that passage. And they can't get past that. They don't really understand what the Bible's telling us in relation to the Spirit. Peter explains in Acts 2 that the gift that God is giving us is the Holy Spirit himself. It's not those other things. God has given us a gift. That gift is his spirit to direct us and to help us in our Christian life. Acts 2, 16 and 17 says, But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel, and in the last days it shall be, God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And then turns around again in Acts 2 and 38, just below that it says, And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the name, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And ye shall receive the gift 
of the Holy Spirit. Singular, not plural. Peter's not talking about healing or prophecy. He's not talking about any of these other attributes and abilities that were brought out in 1 Corinthians. God poured out his gift to us, the gift of his spirit, and all other gifts would naturally follow after the spirit came. So when we're talking about the gift of the Holy Spirit, what we're talking about is the spirit himself that God gave to us as Christians. In the reading of Wayne Jackson, it said, To follow the Spirit's leading is characteristic of being children of God. The Spirit leads by His inspired Word and by the mysterious work of providence. We must not minimize or ignore the work of the Holy Spirit who directs us through God's inspired Word, who intercedes for us in times of weakness, we see in Romans 8 and 26 enables us to develop characteristics indicative of God's children in Galatians 5, 22 through 23, and strengthen us as we looked at in Ephesians 3 and 16. So, comments? You didn't have to wait this long. Well, I wanted to wait until you kind of finished that first section. So. Okay. So um, the thing that stands out to me from what you said so far, I think make, that makes understanding the Holy Spirit more difficult than Jesus or God, is that you've talked a lot about what the Holy Spirit does, right? But when we read Scripture, you know, we see God having conversations with people and Jesus having conversations with people, and we see elements of personality and interactions which we don't see with the Holy Spirit. And I think that's what... It makes us difficult to personify the Holy Spirit as opposed to God or Jesus because we see, you know, emotions. We see thoughts and, and conversations. And so not only do we see them working, but we also see them interacting. And interaction with the Holy Spirit, as we're talking about, is a little more subtle. Um, and it's also more recent in a way, right? Because for us, at least, for our relationship to it, um, it's kind of ongoing. It's not something that has happened in the past as far as the church is concerned. So anyway, that's the thought that I had, is that we don't see as much, you know, we see God's anger, we see God's joy, we see Jesus dealing with people on a personal basis during his ministry, but we don't see that with the Spirit, although we know that it does a whole lot of things. There's just a, it's difficult to personify someone who you don't get to see do those things as much in the scripture. Understand, and it's um, that's very true. And as time changed throughout history, we see a change like that. Um, when we look back into the Old Testament days in the patriarchal age, we see the father communicating uh, with Abraham, things like that. And you're talking about on a more personal level. level. And we see at the beginning of the New Testament Christ and the apostles, the disciples, and even the people there at that time, he's communicating with those directly. In the patriarchal age, God gave direction to the fathers of families 
in particular of what he wanted done at that time by those families. And then in the time of Christ, we see a direct dealing between Christ and the apostles because Christ is bringing in a new law. So he's directing and teaching the apostles of what this new law is and what it's going to do. And now as we come to our time frame, there is no new law. When we look at the scriptures, the scriptures tell us that we are to, it is to make us complete and thoroughly furnished. In other words, if the scriptures do not contain everything that God wanted us to know, we could not ever be complete. We could not be thoroughly furnished. So the Bible has to contain everything that God wants us to know in the Christian dispensation for that to happen. So at this point, the Holy Spirit does not deal directly with individuals because the word that we have is everything. And we hear, I've heard people talk about that, the fact that uh, God has spoken to me in a dream and things like that from people that I worked with in the past. But my counter is, well, the Bible tells us we need to we would be completely thoroughly furnished. If God is speaking to you and telling you something in a dream, and he's not telling me the same thing, I can't be complete. Because you now have knowledge that I don't have. So the Spirit does it in a different manner in the Christian dispensation through this because this is the last word. There will be nothing after this. And so by doing that would throw off what the Bible is teaching. So that's the reason we don't have a personal one-on-one -on -one with the Holy Spirit like those did in the past with Christ and things like that. Mike, you got to come up. For one thing, uh, the Holy Spirit enters us when we're baptized. Death is separation of body from spirit. And we're spiritually dead without Christ or we're baptized. It is the Holy Spirit that brings us to life. This goes back to God breathe. This goes back to Jesus formed man out of the dust of the earth. But the Holy Spirit that brought Adam to life. And that is why we're in the image of God. And our soul lives eternal. That's through the Holy Spirit again. And it's the Holy Spirit and the Father that helped bring Jesus back to life. So there's life in the Spirit. Also, the, something they got for the first time in Acts chapter 2 when he poured out all Spirit. Only certain people in the Old Testament got the Holy Spirit. Now everybody has a portion of the Holy Spirit living within them, which did not exist in the Old Testament. Only certain people would get it parts of the spirit you know we understand um, also with that the fact that the, the spirit dwells in us through the word right we know what the spirit wants as we discuss the fact because the word tells us and so yes Right. Uh, you know, the scripture is the inspiration of God. You know, it, they were inspired. They didn't write what they wanted to write. Mm -hmm. Then it tells what that those uh, scriptures does. You know, what is good for. You know, it's, it says it's good for prophecy, for, for doctrine, or for your belief, for you believe. And it's good for proof and to blame you. Correction and correct that wrong, you know, once you're wrong, and it 
Sam, to bring it back, um, that the scriptures are written through the inspiration of the Spirit is not what the men themselves wanted to write. They were guided, they were inspired by the Holy Spirit of what to write. And the fact that following those things helps us to be complete, as we talked about, and thoroughly furnished. And it's good for our study. It's good for correction when we're wrong or someone else is wrong. Uh, these are the things that we need to follow in order to be faithful Christians. Yes. Right. Um, scriptures really help us in every aspect of life, don't they? Uh, if you have any issue, generally you can go to the scriptures and you can find them. When you uh, see these things on TV and all this sort of stuff about people, these self-help groups, and, you know, for $150 you can come to the seminar and this guy's going to be an inspirational speaker and he's going to tell you all these wonderful things that you need to do. It's going to help your life and it's going to make you happy and it's all this... Well, if you look at the principles that they're using, every one of them came out of this book. You can get them for free just by reading this book. That's where those things came from. That's where our laws for this land came from, was from this book. Yes?
No, you're making the point that, that uh, sometimes we confuse the Word and the Holy Spirit as being the same thing, and, and they're not. And I think you bring out an important fact there on um, Acts 2 and 38. Before the apostles and the writers were inspired to write down the scriptures that we have as the Bible, it talks there in 2.38 that they received the gift of the Holy Spirit. So that was prior to these writings. Right. But if what we're studying and learning about how the Spirit works and what the Spirit does and who the Spirit is, if it's based in the Scripture, we don't need to be afraid of that just because other people might be misusing it, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's a good point. Sometimes we, we stay away from the Holy Spirit in our teaching because of how it is done in the world and by other religions. And we, we don't want to be labeled as being in that manner. Um, but it's interesting, I guess, fact too, that the two things that you brought out, the fact that we don't talk that much about the Holy Spirit, we don't teach that much about the Holy Spirit. But our studies through the Bible, so our main interface to the Father is through the Holy Spirit. That's how this word got here. But yet, he's probably the one we talk about the least. So. Yeah, we look, uh, as we talked about, we understand the Holy Spirit and, and the work that the Holy Spirit does for us. And uh, as we also discussed the fact that we probably talk about the Holy Spirit the least for some reason. Um, we're limited on our knowledge of the Holy Spirit, obviously, because we're limited by what the Scripture tells us. And the Spirit does not tell us everything about Himself. But that is to be understood, in fact, the way the Bible is written. When we go back and look at the Bible, um, as we talked about before and one of the lessons a while back, that the Bible contains history, but it's not a history book, right? 
It talks about some scientific facts, but it's not a science book. The Bible is a book about salvation, and it gives us information, history, and all these events, and commands, and things like that, what we need to know for the salvation of our souls. When we look at the Bible, we look back at the history of the Old Testament, we read about the beginning of the nation of Israel and the Israelites and what happened to them and how they wandered in the wilderness and how they came into the promised land and all these other things. But we don't see the history of the world. We see the history of this one group of people. So it's limited in scope because that's what we need to understand our salvation. And when we get to the Holy Spirit, and it talks about the Holy Spirit, the Spirit gives us what we need to know about Himself for the salvation of our souls. It doesn't give us every information, every bit of information about the Holy Spirit. We don't know everything at all about God. We don't know everything about the Father. And quite frankly, we probably couldn't understand it. We have to realize our, line, our minds are limited compared to divine beings. We accept facts based on faith. I've discussed with David doing that. We're talking some things. Science tells us that no two things can occupy the same space at the same time, right? We learned that early on in science class in school. However, if you believe that you have a body and you have a soul together, you just violated that scientific fact, right? Two things occupying the same space at the same time. That's difficult for us to understand because it's not in our world. These things are greater than our knowledge. This is something that God has done for us. He's given us a body and he's given us a soul. That's something that we can't do. So there are a lot of things out there that aren't revealed to us in relation to the Holy Spirit and other things because, one, we don't need them for our salvation, and two, we may not be able to understand them anyway. So... These, these gifts were to select individuals that God chose throughout history or that Christ provided these powers to. And he allowed the apostles to pass some of those on. But it's not something that the Bible says that everyone who becomes a Christian is going to have. So I don't really want to go into the next topic yet because we're going to have time to cover that. So are there any more comments than anyone has? Yes. Okay. Okay. 
Thank you all. We will pick up again next week with the next part of this lesson and go from there.